Hello, my friend, and welcome again to the DDP. It's the 17th day of the month of November. We're coming to the end of another work week. I hope you've had a great week. I hope you are enjoying our journey through the Gospel of Luke, namely Luke chapter 4, Jesus in the wilderness being tempted of the devil. Today we pick up the beginning of the third and final temptation. Uh, I think I've said this in this study, but it's worth reiterating. I don't think Jesus is only tempted three times. I remember reading these as a young man and thinking, gosh, uh, I wish he'd have been tempted about something else, you know, this or that or the other. Let me see how you handled that. (laughs) I don't think that this is an indication that is all he faced, but I think it's an indication of the important things that we must come to grips with in our own wilderness, in our own space, like not only living for the temporal when there's the permanent, uh, not bowing knee to the kingdoms of the earth and picking up their way of doing things when it would be more expedient to do it their way, but it would not be most profitable for the kingdom and thus most profitable for us. And then this one, the third one in which the devil tempts Jesus to throw himself off the pinnacle of the temple. Verse 9, he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here. I want to deal with why this is a problem first. Like why why do I need this one? Because I've never been tempted to throw myself off of a pinnacle of a temple. In fact, it's the opposite. You know, like you, you peer over something. You don't want to jump off. You want to get away from it. Jesus, this is the final temptation because this is probably indicative of the fact that after this, Jesus comes out of the wilderness to start his ministry. Satan doesn't take him to a mountain in the middle of nowhere. He takes him to a mountain at the pinnacle of the temple. Now, this could be this could be in a vision or whatever. But by being at the pinnacle of the temple, he's in the most populated area in Jerusalem. So throwing yourself off the pinnacle of the temple and not dying would have established Jesus' ministry in the miraculous. He would have no problem drawing a crowd if the first thing he does in public is throw himself off the pinnacle of the temple and land softly on his feet. Or, as he's falling, angels become visible and grab him, and he floats to the earth. Can you imagine the quote-unquote church that would build up around Jesus? This is easy, man. This ministry thing's a snap. All you got to do is throw yourself off of a building and not die, and when people see that, they'll want to follow you. So in the practical sense, the temptation is to establish ministry on something other than self-sacrifice, loving the stranger, taking care of the poor. He doesn't have to deal with this whole adulterous woman, uh, woman at the well, bunch of lepers. You don't have to go to a bunch of funerals and pray over people. You can avoid all the dirty work. And so, in a way, this is the avoiding of the dirty work. It's the temptation to avoid it. It's also would have established a pattern for Jesus' life. 
everything that I do doesn't matter because the Father's going to save me from myself anyway. So it makes a mockery of independence. It makes a mockery of your own free will. It makes a mockery of courage because none of those things matter. You're always going to get bailed out. This is the temptation to be irresponsible with your life and expect God to save it. This is the temptation in the wilderness we all face in which we realize that we are responsible for our own life, that it's part of the experience. So that's maybe the reason for the temptation. I want to deal for a few minutes with the scriptures because here's the moment that the devil quotes Bible on Jesus. Verses 10 and 11. This is the devil talking. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Now this is interesting for this reason, if for no other reason alone. Satan is quoting the 91st Psalm and injecting Jesus into the psalm. Even though we we don't see him called Jesus or even called Christ, we don't even have, and I, this is just a for what it's worth statement, okay? Don't, don't take this as gospel, but we're not even positive that the translators thought this was Jesus in Psalm 91. And the reason for that, if you look at the New King James, the New King James loves to put capital letters on pronouns like he and me and you if it's talking about God. They do it a lot in the book of Psalms. But if you look at the New King James in Psalm 91, 11, he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. The, the why on you is lowercase because the translators don't think that this scripture is talking about Jesus or God. It thinks it's talking about us, that God gives angels charge over us to keep us in all of our ways. Now, that doesn't mean that the devil is uh, trying to put Jesus in the text. It's that Jesus, as a man, could have read Psalm 91 and no doubt had, and can see himself in that verse. And this is the temptation the devil's allowing. Hey, just jump. His angels are going to keep you. And they're going to bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. Technically, Satan quotes Psalm 91 verses 11 and 12. But don't stop reading. Satan does. The devil doesn't quote verse 13. Listen to verse 13. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. You shall trample underfoot. Read 14. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. The cobra, the snake, is going to be crushed underfoot because the person doing the crushing knows he is loved. Satan doesn't quote that last part because if Jesus goes to the cross, he will crush Satan under his foot and he will go knowing that he is loved. Isn't it interesting 
that in his ability to quote the Bible, the devil also has the ability to not quote the scriptures that he doesn't want. Be careful when people start throwing verses at you. There's always more verses. And be careful when you use the Bible to weaponize the Bible against people. There's always something else there to read. It's part of our responsibility. We're going to get into Jesus' answer tomorrow, and we'll introduce the sermon for Sunday. See you then. God bless.